Lordy, Lordy, it's episode 40 of Amen, Brother Ben, the podcast that keeps you focused on God and acting like Jesus. I found a little minuscule detail in Zephaniah 2 I want to talk to you about. I don't know if that's much of a tease. I'm, I'm trying to get better at these little one-liner teases. It's supposed to draw you in because even though this podcast is only like six to eight or nine minutes, you still get bored and want to tune out. So according to, you know, your goldfish-like uh, attention spans. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm wasting my time here. We got business to get to. Uh, we are in a series. We're kind of starting into the home stretch of... Um, the series called Minor Prophets Major Truth. We are in Zephaniah chapter 2. And um, God's about to unload some judgment. I know. Shocker. If you're keeping up with us, by the way, that's your goal today. Zephaniah 2 is your reading. Um, and I know at this point we're you know getting good and well into these 12 books. And we're seeing a little bit of repetition. We're seeing some of the same things being said and um I know how some of you think, and because I, I know how I've thought, um, where you're going, oh, this is starting to be a blur. Man, God, you're always mad. And this is where people start to think wrongly because we start going, oh, God is always so angry. He has a problem. Why is he so mean? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I've thought about that. Um, and every time I think like that, every time I start to go, okay, here goes God with his pronouncing his judgment. Um, he reminded me of something that even just as repetitive as God's judgment, even more so, if you really pay attention, is the repetitive sin of God's people that leads to that judgment. And, and a lot of times, and by the way, by extension, as I'm thinking about that, I, rem, I remember my repetitive sin that he has to deal with. You know, and just because we're we're wrong thinking people sometimes we want to punish god or we want to think badly about god because he is you know being god and judging the guilty and punishing the wicked and and not the people that are actually being wicked not only the people that are guilty and so uh we got to make sure that as we finish these last couple of books here that we're, that our perspective is right and make sure that, that if you get mad or tired or frustrated or want to roll your eyes at something, make sure that that's at the sin of people and not the response of God. I think that's really important. Um, and so in chapter two, uh, God starts talking through the prophet Zephaniah to Judah. Now, I think I've said this before, but if you don't know, Judah is the southern kingdom of Israel. They had a civil war at some point, and Judah kind of breaks off, takes a couple tribes, and breaks off from Israel. And so anytime you see Judah, that's why one of Jesus's AKAs is the Lion of Judah, uh, because Judah is very much still God's people. Um, and so the, he starts the chapter uh, before he goes to pronounce judgment all to these other places and read through it and maybe look up where these places are because he he uh, talks about judgment on uh, Philistia, on Moab and Ammon, on Cush, on Assyria, on all these other neighboring rivaling countries. But he starts first and foremost with Judah. But he says this, and, and I almost missed it, but then I went back to read it again, and it kind of stuck out to me. It starts chapter 2 saying this, Gather together 
gather yourselves together, you shameful nation, before the decree takes effect, and that day passes like windblown chafe. Or is it chaff? Chaff. Chafe is when you chafe your britches. That's, that's one of, thanks, Craig, for reminding me of that. Windblown chaff, dry uh, wheat stuff. Before the Lord's fierce anger comes upon you, before the day of the Lord's wrath comes upon you, seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, all you who do what he commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. So this is his kind of little warning to Judah. Uh, and, and before we get into that other stuff, Again, he started by saying at the beginning, gather, gather yourselves. And it's easy for us to skip over that um, as, as just a part of the language, right? But I re- that thing stuck out to me because I realized that, that we live in a time of individualization and isolation, 2020 being, we were already headed that way with, with the way social media and uh, technology has allowed us to sit on the couch and do everything. So there's less uh, chances for us to interact with people because, oh, this is easier, this is better. By the way, easier isn't always better. Just just think, just keep that in, in the back of your mind. Um but in this time, especially with, with COVID in 2020, where, I, where we have isolated ourselves, gathering together, not, and not just, I mean, virtually is good. A Zoom meeting is better than nothing, but gathering together in person has meaning. And, you know, one of the mistakes that we make is, is thinking that, that when we read the Bible, the Bible is aimed at a person, but, but really the Bible is aimed at a people and, God has always intended his people to be together. So could God have uh, a pronounced judgment individually? Sure. I'm sure he does that. I mean, he's done that before. But God says, gather yourselves together. Now, this wasn't just uh, to make things easier for Zephaniah. He said, gather yourselves together uh, because one of the byproducts and the benefits of gathering is that we are we are led a whole lot more, um, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just easier and more um, visceral for us to repent and change and, and feel guilt. Like it's very easy for us to hide behind ourselves uh, when, when God is trying to uh, bring conviction and repentance into our life, when he's trying to change some of these habits and these thoughts that are, that are bad for us and that are leading to our own destruction and uh, the devil would love for us to isolate ourselves. And that's why God says, gather together before I tell you uh, about the judgment that, that could be coming, before I tell you how to fix it, you need to get together. You need to hear this as a people because that's how I have created you to be. And I've noticed that when people leave, for instance, a church or a friend group or whatever, really suddenly, um, and this is more often in churches where I see this, where someone is good to go, going to church every Sunday, and the, nobody said anything that necessarily would hurt their feelings or nothing major happens. They just disappear, and they and they all of a sudden go from going, coming to church regularly to never coming to church, not coming to their small group, not hanging out with the same friends that they used to, and that's isolating their, themselves. And normally that far too often there is some type of sin. I go, oh, what type of sin are they in that is now in self-preservation mode? Our our fleshly side has a self-preservation mode that does not like to be exposed 
to the concentrated Holy Spirit that happens when God's people are together. When we're together, we make ourselves better and we, and we hold each other accountable and we encourage each other and, and we, we don't do some of the things that we, we don't pull some of the stunts that we pull, uh, in our, you know, behind closed doors by ourselves when we do that in a group. And that's why it's so important. That's why, uh, in Hebrews, God tells us, this is the a pastor's favorite verse, uh, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Even that word forsake shows us how important that is. Because you don't just say, oh, you forsake or you forsook your uh, trip to the grocery store. Like that's it's just a trip to the grocery store. I'll do it later, whatever. Right. But, but then you say, well, don't forsake your marriage, your marital vows. Don't forsake your duties as a parent. Don't forsake the things that are important. So don't forsake. The, it's not like you're just like, eh, maybe I'll get to church next week. Uh, maybe I'll I'll have those times. Uh, and again, it's not just about Sunday morning singing and worshiping and hearing a sermon. That's good. That's great. I think that's important. But also, I noticed that we isolate ourselves from even the small group situations that we get in because sin is in self-preservation mode. So you want to kill sin? You want to stay on the, the straight and narrow? You want to avoid the judgment that comes and the consequences that comes? The best thing we can do is gather ourselves together. And I just want to end off. I know I'm going a little long, but in verse 3, uh, this I wanted to kind of wrap up our, our week with this. Because it seems like in the Old Testament, there's a lot of tit for tat. There's a lot of uh, prid quo pro, uh, squid pro row, quid pro quo, um, this for that. You do this and I'll do that for you. Uh, And in verse three, he says, seek the Lord, all you humble in the land. Do what he commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. He's saying you do this and, and then this won't happen. Now, God uh, changes his covenant a little bit in the New Testament. All right, that's what, what the Old Testament had to do. But here's the thing. You can um, do good things, but the stuff he's talking about, humility um, and righteousness, that comes from within. And and the first and foremost thing that we must do, if you are humble, if you seek humility, if you seek righteousness, we need to seek in humility the righteousness of Jesus Christ. This is not just a transactional thing where between us and God. The transaction has been made. Jesus has died on the cross as a payment, as, as propitiation uh, for our sins, and he is God's wrath and anger that he spends the rest of Zephaniah talking about is is satisfied on the cross of Jesus and then he and then he was raised back to new life so that we can have eternal life too and so as you're looking at these consequences and going I don't want to face these consequences make sure you understand that the only way that no one is righteous no one is humble that no one seeks uh, after God by ourselves but through but through Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit pushing us to put our hope and our faith and ask for forgiveness and restoration from Jesus. Uh, That's how we will be sheltered on the day of God's righteous and rightful anger. All right, that's Zephaniah 2. I hope you read Zephaniah 3, Zephaniah 3 tomorrow. Um, And hopefully join us maybe one Sunday at Freedom Family Church. We would love that. We're going to do about another sermon or two uh, of that. Um, So it's going to be good. AmenBen.com if you need me. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share this podcast with someone that you think will be encouraged by it. Y'all have a great day. Have a great weekend. We love you.